This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, business storytellers. Christoph Trapp here at Content Marketing World in Cleveland. I think this is my fourth or fifth time. So I've been here for almost half or just over half of the nine times they've had it. And I am now joined by Michelle Park Lizette, and she is with the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. Uh, we connected on Twitter, I don't know how long ago. I don't remember either. A long time. So, Michelle, you are a rock star brand journalist out there. You spoke today about how do you uh, get buy in, how do you share better stories. Uh, what are some insights you can share with us? Yeah, so uh, a few of the projects that I shared today are storytelling, multimedia storytelling projects. Uh, when we talk about buy-in, actually, that was the first question that I received from someone who attended the session at which I spoke. And he said, how do you get the green light to try these things? And I said, to be honest, we asked to pilot. We didn't ask to, to bet the whole farm on multimedia storytelling. We asked to try something and we promised to track certain uh, measures of success and to report back whether we saw success or whether we saw a need for improvement or absolute failure. And so uh, with our storytelling projects, which we have produced four, of which we've produced four, we see people stay on those multimedia storytelling pages for about six times longer than they do other web pages on average across our site. That's a compelling metric. Um, but we also, and I explained this, some of the, the best parts about, some of the best um, measures of success that I personally see as a writer within the organization is people being fairly enthusiastic to, yes, please interview me. Yes, please in, involve me in this next project. And to me, uh, to, to get that buy-in from internal experts who, who conduct economic research and the like is, uh, is a point of pride. So I've actually seen that too. Most people want to share their stories. And what's interesting, even the way we connected today, because guys, I, as you know, my goal is every seven days at the latest, I want to do a podcast. If I haven't done one, I get anxious. So I put a thing on Twitter and said, I need somebody to come on the show with me. And you raised your hand right away. I did. It was a neat opportunity. So people want to share their stories. But so how do you approach people? Like, how do you determine even how to, who to talk to? I mean, I think the who to talk to begins with what your audience might be interested in and what kinds of content ideas you can unearth month in and month out. I have actually an acronym that I shared at Content Marketing World a few years ago. And that acronym is IDEAS. And each of those letters represents a place where I think, uh, where I learned as a newspaper journalist back in my, my former career to go looking for ideas regularly. Idea, the I in ideas stands for industry. So look for things that are changing in your industry or reports that are coming down from associations within your industry. And how can you localize those to your own organization or the own, your own region? D stands for data. Of course, you can 
uh, unearth your own data by conducting your own surveys or by having your own economists and things like that. But you can also look for, again, outside sources, data, and and wrap around that some of the... um, some of the things that your own subject matter experts can add uh, to what the data is telling. E is for events. We're at Content Marketing World. You and I both know uh, this is this is actually an example. So you use Content Marketing World to help to produce content that would be interesting to your audience. The same is true for events that, um, for example, the Federal Reserve convenes. So we convene a biennial event about community development, and we do produce coverage prior to and, and, and at that event so that we can extend the conversations happening within those four walls following it. Finally, uh, I, I use this A is for associates. Um, that's just a lazy way of saying people. So the very people that we work with, the people that we serve, are uh, indeed places where we can um, that where we can mine for for content ideas. And S is for seasonal or cyclical happenings. So if you know that Christmas is coming or another holiday, if you know. Um, you know that Mother Day, Mother's Day is coming. Content can be wrapped around that. Now, I do always like to say that evergreen content should still be made timely as much as possible, because if I can read something five years ago, uh, why would I read it today? You know, what quality, what value add does that bring? Um, so, those are some of the places that I I suggest people think about mining for content ideas, and then the sources, the very people that you would actually bring in to interview, are up to you. But really, you know, they should be those experts that can give help to your audience that can tell stories that are memorable to your audience. One last point, though, is I would suggest and encourage people to always, if you can, ask for that buy-in to use external sources. Because when you are able to interview someone in addition to your internal experts, um, they like to say, I've been repeating this since I heard it at CMW, an ally in creating content is an ally in promoting content. Very true. Sometimes you have to hear it from somebody else. If your parents say it 29 times, nobody listens. The kids don't listen, but you hear it from the neighbor's mom. Uh, Now they listen. I'm guilty of this, yes. (laughs) I think we all are. So let's circle back, if we can, to the time on site for multimedia content. Um, So, of course, writing still matters, words matter, uh, but reality of thing is that that people skim online, right? So that's one reason we have long articles. Uh, You have 2,000 or article or something, people skim it. So multimedia, are we making a deeper connection? Are people um, consuming the content differently or what's your opinion on that? Well, I sure hope so is my initial reaction to that, right? We're not um, writing multi-thousand word stories about the work that we're doing uh, to not have people engage with that content and to, to find it memorable. I will admit that it's hard for us to know. So you can you can measure things like depth of scroll, uh, but can you really measure whether or not someone read the paragraph to which they scrolled? I don't know. We have tried various ways of measuring the success of the length of content. You know, did people navigate all the way to the fourth chapter of the piece yep. if we did chapter navigation? Um, you know, did they click on a link at the very bottom? And, and those types of efforts. But it's it's not a perfect process and we're still learning how to measure when we produce a series or when we produce uh, a piece of content that we think tells a story in a more memorable way 
we are looking for, and I would gladly take uh, your audience's perspectives and advice as to how we make sure that we are measuring how well we're meeting our audience's expectations because one of the things that I said today is if we are not retaining an audience, I'm not sure that we can argue that we are serving our organizations. So when you talk about multimedia content, what are some examples that you've used and and what's working particularly well? Well, uh, all of our multimedia storytelling is available at clevelandfed.org forward slash storytelling. So I encourage um, anyone interested to go take a look at that. But we have used everything from fairly robust photo galleries, from tours that we take, uh, to go on the ground in various communities. Uh, one of the reasons that we told that story with photography and with um, and with what. Well, with photography is that we really wanted to show the reader rather than tell them that the Federal Reserve, which many people understand is involved in and interested in Wall Street, is also extremely invested in and is paying attention to Main Streets. So we go to Eastern Kentucky, and I thought one of the, we thought one of the best ways to, to be able to get that message home is to take pictures of what we saw, of the people with whom we were c- connecting to figure out what kind of things were working on the ground in eastern Kentucky to move the needle for communities there. Uh, In other multimedia pieces, we've used timelines, you know, timeline carousels, so that if you're clicking on it, you can see and move forward and back in time. We have used audio files. I don't know that we saw a whole lot of success with that, and that just might be that we were pretty green at the attempt. But again, we're watching our metrics, and we're trying to learn from it. We say that, you know, continuous improvement is a goal. And uh, it is a goal because we want to we want to reach an audience in meaningful ways. If you're not clicking on certain things, that maybe we need to try something new. So interesting. Um, so audio files, um, and did you you didn't distribute them through like podcast channels and those kind of things? We did not. Yet. Not yet. Will you try them again or no? I think we will listen to the content and the stories to be told. So uh, I'm always trying to be deaf to tactics and more thinking, okay, so we have this story and, uh, you know, for example, we have a story and it's a tour. And maybe what we can try is what I call timestamp storytelling, where someone is being very, very... Uh, descriptive in their notes about what time it is when someone laughs, when someone cries, when someone moves into a new space that is extremely stunning. And so what we do is use those times, those precise times as headers throughout. So um, circling back, you know, one of the, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your your initial question. I got off on a tangent. Keep going. Very interesting. But so Trying those different methods of storytelling is one of the things that I, I described on um, during my session today. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually welcomed the audience to if I forgot something, if you saw something that you began reading and found yourself all the way at the end. I really want to know about these creative approaches because I think if we don't innovate, if we don't try new challenges, we stagnate. So what's interesting about storytelling, too, as you know, as a former journalist, we can both go to content marketing world and have totally different stories, right? We see different things. We have different takeaways. Um, so it is an art uh, and science at the same time. It is. And that's kind of the fun of it. It is. Um, it is also uh, that underscores the importance of a diversity of voices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
anytime that we can bring in internal and external sources that maybe they work different disciplines, that they are diverse in different ways, I think we end up with a more well-rounded, more accurate, more authentic piece of content. Um, so as a final takeaway, what's your final advice to listeners? So you, you have buy-in on a day-to-day. What's, uh, what should people keep top of mind? That's tough, but I think I will, I'll circle around to what I, I ended my presentation today with. And that is that as communicators inside organizations, right, we're not journalists, we have to compromise between two things, the needs and goals of our organization in communicating, but then also what an audience will come and stay for. But in my mind, the truth is the latter has to take precedence because if, so I I explained to the audience today, in my mind, the stories that serve organizations are the stories that serve audiences, period. Because ultimately, if I don't serve my audience and I'm producing a multimedia piece and it shows that no one actually got past the first paragraph for the first part, I don't know that you can argue that I'm serving my organization, that I'm making it clearer what it is that we do, the, the care that we take in the work that we do and our mission overall. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways in the Content Marketing Institute, uh, the research from maybe last year or two years ago, more and more marketers, the audience first. If you're not serving your audience, you're not serving anybody, which is something that we didn't even talk about 10 years ago, right? Um, so, Michelle, thanks for joining us. Thanks, every- thanks everyone, for listening. Um, until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.